I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. A big victory, and it involves the University of Delaware that we called for an investigation right here on this podcast. Plus, we're going to get you the latest update on the Chinese balloons and the president finally talking about it weeks later. Plus, we've got a very special guest with us. It's Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, good to be with you today. For everyone watching this podcast, there's a reason why your comfortable chair is missing. We have a guest coming up. Wesley Hunt's going to join us to have a very cool conversation. You don't want to miss that, but for everybody, before they start freaking out, commenting, where are the chairs? They're coming back. Want to make that very clear. If you told me I had to give up the comfy chair, I'm not sure we would have invited Wesley. <laughs> that's, that's very true. How were those connected? I know. It, it, was, it, was, it was a conflict of where does the third chair go. Gotcha. We will figure that out, but I just wanted everyone to just don't worry. The cactus isn't going anywhere. Neither are the comfy chairs. They're coming back. There was a very big victory, and it's a serious victory, and I think it should be treated that way. You several weeks ago called, and we made news to the point where it was asked in the White House press briefing that Senator Ted Cruz was calling for the documents at the University of Delaware to be looked at by the FBI. We now know that at least on two occasions, the FBI has actually gone to the University of Delaware to look at these documents. Let's remind people of why you were calling for that and, and also how many documents are actually at the University of Delaware. This may take a long time to go through them all. Well, the University of Delaware has Biden's Senate documents. And and after they began discovering classified documents, it seems just about everywhere Biden went from his Wilmington house to by his Corvette to in the room next to the garage to in the Penn Center. At some point, 
uh, it, it started getting ridiculous. Like, where doesn't this guy keep classified documents? And the biggest trove of Biden documents is at the University of Delaware. And it consists of over 1,850 boxes of documents. So it's a massive amount of documents. And listen, this podcast has always tried, number one, to make news and number two, to drive news. And in this instance, it was both of us because several weeks ago, we called in this podcast and said the FBI needs to go to the University of Delaware and investigate those documents, go through them. Given that he's leaving them everywhere else, they need to go through them there. And, well, CNN, you can see the CNN story. First on CNN, FBI searched University of Delaware for Biden documents, source said. So that, that broke this week, and apparently they've searched it twice. Now, what's not clear from the story, it said they searched them twice. It's not clear how thorough a search. Like, I got to tell you, to go through 1,850 boxes of documents takes some serious time. So I don't know that they went through all the boxes. I don't know if they went through one box or 100 or 1,850. Uh, They need to do a thorough review of all the documents, and it's not clear from this story whether they have or not, but it's at least a step in the right direction that they're examining this massive cache of documents, that, and that's what we called for. There was a shocking admission by the president about classified documents. I want to get your take on that in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Patriot Mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can actually have a difference in the conservative movement every time you send a text, every time you use your phone. And that is because when you pay your bill at Patriot Mobile, they're the only conservative Christian cell phone company in the country. They give back to conservative causes and organizations that you help choose to support. We're talking about organizations that support the First and the Second Amendment. We're talking about standing up for the rights of unborn children. We're talking about helping people with adoptions after Roe v. Wade and what happened with that historic bill that was or the historic Supreme Court case that was struck down. This is a company that stands with our values. Now, why would you make this switch? One, it's really easy. You get to keep your same cell phone number. You get to keep your same cell phone or upgrade a new one. But every time you pay a bill, you know you're standing up for what you believe in. So check them out. PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. That's PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. They also have a new phone number. 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Use the promo code VERDICT. You'll get the best deals. If you have a business or a small business, talk to their small business department as well. You can switch over all of your lines, and usually you save really big money. Senator, there was a shocking admission in an interview. It was clearly something that I think the White House wishes Joe Biden wouldn't have said. Well, that's never happened. Yeah, never happened before, right? You put him in front of a microphone. Well, you know, he is the best communicator in the White House. Ever. Ever. The the, the sad thing is, given Corrine Jean-Pierre and the rest, he just might be. He actually might be. You've got Corrine Jean-Pierre. You have Kamala Harris. You know, Biden, you know, when he says, uh, Yeah. (laughs) that might be the most articulate thing coming out of the White House that day. Well, he may have been actually too articulate this week. Because he was asked about classified documents in this interview, and he put a timeline on his own classified documents he may have and referred back to his first year in Congress saying that some documents might date back. His, his word was some pages of classified documents may date back to his first years in office. That's now we're talking about a 50-year window here. Look, that's just bizarre. Um, I had, 
Another classified briefing this week that makes the third classified briefing in two weeks, all on China. Uh, as I walked out of the classified briefing this week, they asked, as they usually do, do you have any classified documents with you? We had a whole bunch of classified documents that we were going through concerning China. Uh, and I laughed and said, nope, I always leave them here. I'd never taken them out. I don't have to worry if I have classified documents at home because I've read them in one place and one place only, and that is in a secure skiff in the Capitol. So if I'm not in the skiff, I don't have a classified document. I don't understand what Biden was doing. If he was taking classified documents out of the Senate 40, 50 years ago, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have skiffs back in the days of horses and buggies. But, but I, I don't get how he could have documents from his time as Senate. Lastly on this, there has been a lot of speculation. And you, you can see this narrative coming out from Democrats specifically saying, well, there was different times in D.C. earlier on. And I've even heard people say, after 9-11, we got more serious about classified documents. Do you buy that as an excuse for why he would have documents for 50 years ago or 40 or 30? Because it seems like he you never stopped. You know, the stopped. last I checked, his vice presidency was after 9-11. Yeah. Most of the documents, at least according to the public reports that he has, because the intel community won't tell us what he has, but most of the documents, according to the press reports, were from his time as VP. That was well after 9-11. Um, and it was clear that, that he doesn't take it all that seriously. It's, it's weird to see this White House now continue to find documents. University of Delaware, I think, may be a huge explosion with this story here. And it connects a lot of dots. I also want to ask you about China and the Chinese balloon. There was another classified briefing you guys have gotten. Uh, there's been more information coming out. It seems like apparently, and the president actually had a press conference on this, we're shooting down random stuff here. That's shocking as well that maybe we're overreacting. So we've had the last two weeks, three all senators classified briefings. That That is unusual. I've been in the Senate 10 years. I can't remember a period of time where we've had three all-senators classified briefings. You know, I'm on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, so we'll sometimes have committee-specific briefings. But to have all 100 senators there is very unusual. To have three in, in about eight days, is, and they were all on China, is striking. And look, the last podcast we were talking about the, the classified briefing that I'd just come from, and I said it was thoroughly unhelpful and unsatisfactory. Well, what's happened since then? Since then, the White House had their press conference where they stood up and said, we don't know what the hell we shot down. We don't know. Three things we shot in the sky, damned if we know what they are. But the White House said, we're pretty sure they weren't Chinese. And, and, and this is where... That's not comforting, by the way. They should understand that from a PR perspective. It's not comforting when we're supposed to have the greatest military in the world and you literally don't know what you're shooting down. And then you say, but you think it's not Chinese. Okay, but it's, it's, it's even worse than this. So, so, so take, take a look at, 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 at this. This is a tweet from Aviation Week. A small globe-trotting balloon declared missing in action by an Illinois-based hobbyist club, has emerged as a candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by four heat-seeking missiles launched by U.S. Air Force fighters. And so this particular hobbyist group, it is called the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap <laughs> Balloon Brigade. We should sign up and become members of that. I think that's something that we should do with our free time. So, Ben, I want you to stop for a second. 
we're sitting here tonight, and we don't know, but the Air Force might have shot down a frigging balloon launched by a high school science club. That is bizarre, and why they're firing heat-seeking missiles from fighter jets at a high school science project. The White House's explanation was weird on this. Let's go there for a second. They actually said, well, we changed our radar and the way that we are looking for things. We basically slowed it down and looked for objects that were moving slower. So we're picking up a lot more stuff, which could explain why we picked up this balloon. And therefore, we're justified in shooting it down. So, so look, this is, this is something we talked about in the last, last pod, and it's important to understand. Joe Biden and this administration, they are fundamentally weak on China. They're weak on China because they're in bed with China, because they depend on China to build the Green New Deal. It's why they are importing electric vehicles and batteries built with slave labor in concentration camps in China. Their donors, their funders are all in bed with China. Why did the Biden administration do nothing while a Chinese spice balloon was over U.S. airspace for over a week conducting espionage? Because they're weak on China. Then it became a press matter. And they realized, oh, crap, people realize we're weak on China. So what did they do? They waited till the mission was over and shot it down over the Atlantic once it had completed its espionage. How do you explain the rest of this? The rest of this has nothing to do with national security, has nothing to do with defending the nation. This is a press operation. You know, for all I know, it's Corrine Jean-Pierre sitting there in the situation room going, "Okay, shoot that one down. Look, it doesn't comfort me that the commander-in-chief is sending up the Air Force to shoot something down, and they don't know what the hell it is. Just to say, we got another one, and look, see, we're taking this We saw something and just figured fire a missile at it. Like, that's not a comforting... If their answer is, we don't know what we shot down, why are you shooting things down? You know what they are. And if they might be a high school science club's balloon, if Saturday Night Live came up with that... It would be dismissed as ridiculous. I think Joe Biden... It would be a great skit. It, 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 it really it, would. It would be a hysterical skit, except this is real life. This is real life. And well, they jo- were even saying on MSNBC, yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but the other morning they were saying, we're getting reports that we could have shot down space trash. How do you not look at it and go, well, you that's know, space trash, we don't need to blow it up. You know, Elon Musk's car is in low Earth orbit. He launched his car into space. I don't know if oh, you yeah, know Oh, yeah, that's this. right. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, like, video of yeah. his car orbiting the Earth, yeah. which is a little bizarre. I hope they didn't shoot Elon's car down. <laughs> I think it's a little bit higher than these were, but... Next time you talk to him, you should ask him about that. Does he know where it is? Because he might want to let him know, because they may shoot that down next. Like, it is... They are giving the go order... Because this is a press operation. They're showing, saying, look how tough we are. We can fire missiles. Yeah. I'm not comforted, to put it mildly, by them allowing the Chinese to surveil us for eight straight days. But I'm also not comforted by them saying, shoot everything down we see and we don't know what it is. Like, there is actually a reasonable ground, which is if something is hostile and from an enemy and it poses a danger of some sort, including espionage, then you shoot it down. If it's a kid's science project, don't shoot down the kid's science, science project. project. Yeah, the bottleneck clogs shouldn't be on the list. Uh, it, 
the president owes the American people candor on this. That They need to just come clean. More than propaganda. Yes. I agree. There was also something else happened in Washington this week. Uh, it was with you talking uh, about drugs coming across the border. It was very interesting because the DEA was not willing to answer your questions. I'm going to play that for people in a moment. Before I get to that, I want to tell you, though, about our good friends at Augusta Precious Metals. Uh, Augusta Precious Metals is a company that has one goal in mind, to help you protect your retirement account. If you have more than $100,000 that you have saved, you should talk to Augusta Precious Metals about how gold and silver can work for you to protect your hard-earned dollars. The closer you get to actual retirement, you know how important it is to save and protect what you've saved. It's hard to make up losses in a short period of time. And right now, people are saying, okay, what can I do to preserve and protect my wealth? You can call Augusta Precious Metals. I'll talk to you about how a 401k or an IRA can work for you. You also can take their seminar, and it's a great online interactive seminar. I've done it. I also use Augusta Precious Metals. Talk to them and see if gold and silver is right for you. The number for them, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Or you can visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Get their free guide and the web conference. You'll love working with them. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Senator, this week in Washington, there was a unique conversation that you had that people need to hear. And it was about drugs. It was about the DEA. They're involved in drugs. Yep. That's their job. And then refusing to answer some very basic questions about drugs and the drug cartels, the money they're making, fentanyl and everything else going on. And it was a question that you asked that they should have been able to answer easily. And they basically were doing everything they could to refuse to answer. It was shocking. Yeah. So this was a hearing in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee this week. And one of the witnesses was the administrator of the DEA. So the, the head honcho of the DEA was testifying about fentanyl and other drugs coming across the border. And, well, here's a portion of her, of her Senator, testimony. Senator, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer questions on the border and the ports of entry to the Department of Homeland Security. So the DEA has no view on whether drug dealers crossing the border carry drugs? Senator, as I said from our investigations... What we see is that the majority of fentanyl. I didn't ask the majority. The I, I, I said drug dealers and gotaways are carrying drugs. Many of them. Senator, what we see is mostly interdict. What we, what we see is mostly tractor trailers and personal vehicles. All right. So you're sticking fentanyl. to the talking points closely, and congratulations. It's the Democrat talking points that the open borders don't matter with 328,000 or 1.2 uh, million gotaways don't matter. We had 100,000 people die last year of drug overdoses. My sister died of a drug overdose just over a decade ago. This is a crisis, but it is a man-made crisis. This administration made a conscious political decision to open the borders. And one of the results is they have turned Mexican drug cartels into multi-billionaires in 2018 the amount of money cartels made from human trafficking, according to the New York Times, was $500 million. Now, just from human trafficking, the cartels are making $13 billion a year. Again, according to the New York Times, that's a 2,600% increase. Mm -hmm. Administrator Milgram, the single best thing that happened to Mexican drug cartels 
in history was Joe Biden becoming president, opening the border, and making tens of billions of dollars for these vicious criminals. In your judgment, is, a, is it a good thing that these cartels now have tens of billions of dollars from human trafficking and drug trafficking? Senator Cruz, I really appreciate the opportunity to answer your question. And as I have said clearly and will continue to say, there are two cartels in Mexico, the Sinaloa and Jalisco cartel, that are responsible for the devastation that we are seeing on the streets of our country. It is our top operational Would priority to defeat those two cartels and to stop the fentanyl and methamphetamine that Would is Would you answer the question I asked? Is it a good thing for them to have tens of billions of dollars now that they didn't have? Senator, we are doing everything we can. Okay, you're refusing to answer the question. It, it shouldn't be a hard question. Every amount of money, if I, if I, please, if, if I could please. finish. Um, it, I, I very much understand your point. We believe that the cartels are making billions of dollars on illicit is that good fentanyl. Or bad? It is a terrible thing. Okay. Thank you. Took a long time to get to it's a terrible thing. And you would think the DEA would absolutely want to answer want to answer that question on the front end, saying we're on your side on this one. We're we agree with you. Billions going to the cartels is never a good thing. It is giving them every tool they need to come after our DEA agents, to come after our our, our, our resources, to come after the people that we have over there. They're trying to help us. So, look, there are a couple of things that were going on there. Number one, and, and we saw this throughout the hearing as Democrat senators would get, get up and ask questions, the talking point from the Biden administration and every Democrat senator is that the flood of illegal drugs across our southern border has nothing to do with Joe Biden's open borders. That, yes, last year we had over 100,000 overdoses, the highest overdoses in the history of our country. And that is apparently completely unrelated to the fact that last year and over the last two years, we've had 5.5 million people cross the border illegally, the worst illegal immigration in the history of our country. So their talking point, which all of them, they made it over and over and over again, is the two are completely unrelated. It's bizarre. It's idiotic. What was interesting there, so the questions I was asking the head of the DEA shouldn't be hard. Yeah. Um. The Customs and Border Patrol agents help you stop drug dealers. Yes. Is it a good thing that Joe Biden has made tens of billions of dollars for Mexican drug cartels? Hell no. That should have been easy. What's interesting about this administrator, when she was nominated, I sat down and and met with her in my office. um, And I actually think she's a pretty law and order player. Like she's... She rose up through law enforcement. I do think she takes seriously trying to put drug dealers in in jail. And part of the reason that was so painful to watch is, listen, she's now in a political job where she was appointed by Joe Biden. And she's trying to follow political talking points. And frankly, she's just bad at it. Yeah. Like she knows. You could tell by the end. She was like, "Okay, I admit you're right. Like, she knows going in, okay, the political marching orders, as I'm supposed to say, the drugs are coming through the ports of entry, not across the border. And it That's can't, my boss's talking point at the White House. I, and ironically, if she were more political, she would have been better at giving that answer. But because I think she's basically a cop, and she's 
being forced to read political talking points, it became ludicrous at the end of the day. Putting And, and so she finally gets there. Is it good that they ha- have tens of billions of dollars? She's like, no, it's terrible. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all you were asking for. I, it is you cannot defend this administration's policies on illegal immigration. The only way you can defend them is to ignore them and pretend they don't exist, which is what they are hoping the media does. We get to have a guess. This is not something that we do that often. It's actually maybe in a weird way history we're making. Your congressman is going to join us, and his senator is you. That's not something that happens every day. Wesley Hunt, we want to get him out here. Before we do that, i got to tell you about something that is uh, actually pretty cool. There is a company that is going to help you fight back against the war on your masculinity, and I'm talking about this especially in today's society, and that company is Chalk, C-H-O-Q. They're here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, if you've not checked them out, you should. Jesse Kelly, my good buddy, he told me about this. like, I'm taking it. You should take it, Ben. I'm now taking it. It actually works. Chalk Male Vitality Stack is what I've been using. And you can maximize your masculinity today at chalkchoq.com. Use the code BEN for 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. That's choq.com. Promo code BEN for 35% off. Senator, I said a moment ago, this is kind of fun. He's your congressman. Wesley Hunt's with us. Nice to have you with us. Thank I don't know if we've me. had this much fashion on set ever. Like, we got a little flair well, going look, over there. Look, look, Wes, Wesley is a band with some style, with some panache. Yeah, little, he, little he doesn't just have the park, pocket square. I mean, it's It's the, there. It's, it's the... So there, there's more colors going on, on from here up. That now, granted, you're getting a little flashy here hey, with these skater you know, shoes. I, I, I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up with the youths. I, I'm keeping it in the box. I'm, I'm sticking with my boots. I'm just, you know, but this is a okay, lot Wesley, happening here. What, what he's not telling you is when we started <laughs> doing the podcast, he shows up at a suit and tie with his tie all the way up. I did. I'm like, dude, relax. Yeah. He looked at me, he's like, podcast. we are, he literally looks at me, he's like, he literally just looks, he looks up at me like, like, he goes, we, we don't wear ties here. Like, what are you doing? I was like, okay. What are you doing? I had to get a whole new wardrobe for this. <laughs> <laughs> it costs a lot of money. I went in the hole getting into this, this new job. <laughs> yeah, getting the new job. All right, so, so, so Wesley, his yeah. story, he's a brand new member of Congress, yes, has, sir. has been there all of two months. Yes, sir. Uh, he is my congressman, represents Houston. Uh, he is a West Point graduate. Have you hazed him yet? Like with problems? Well, He's been hazing him? me for four years. Okay, Let's good, good. I just, just made fun sure. of his, his pocket square. Yeah, that but now I'm saying as, as, day one, as you've him been doing this. congressman, I feel like you should really By the way, in the that. presidential campaign, we had a guy in charge of what we called the pocket square coalition. Okay. Which is basically all the DC lobbyists. And so, so that that so was what a, are you trying to say? That was officially so labeled say, the pocket square coalition. Um, so Wesley went to West Point, played football at West Point, yes, sir. Uh, went to St. John's High School here in Houston, played football at St. John's here in Houston. Was he good? Because he did fall down a step the other day. Whoa, we can see the boot whoa. here. I mean, I'm just making, was, 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 was he good? There's a lot of people claiming to be former <laughs> athletes here. I, I, I'm with a college tennis player, a college football player, yes, 
And I'm a friggin' debater. Uh, you know. <laughs> but at least you won. You did win debate at some level, I have no doubt I, in my mind. You, you know, and, and, it, and that really was very effective for, for attracting college girls. It, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, you'd pull out your briefcase and they would swoon. It was really amazing. You, right? They were like, that's a man going places because he has that briefcase. So you're, you're new to Congress. Yes, I am. You enjoying it so far? Because it's been a little spicy since you got there. It's been, we, we had it. We had quite the first week, to be honest with you. But it was an amazing experience to see just how our democracy works. We are not run by by kings and by queens and by monarchs. We are run by we the people. And so, what you saw in that first week, although it seemed like a bit arduous, it, it was an example of how we operate as a people. And I loved being a part of that first week, to be honest with you. I think it was good for the country. You and I talked about this. Well, look, I, I think the fight resulted in major concessions yes. that resulted in dramatically increasing the, the, the chances that our conservative, that our Republican majority in the House will actually be a conservative majority and stand that and is, fight. That is, that is correct. And for the last few weeks, we saw that on full display. We've had some very good votes. In fact, the first vote that I took as a congressman was to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. That's the first vote I took. I'm very proud of that. And that was actually a part of that negotiation that first week. Well, and I'll tell you, Wesley, when he was brand new right in the middle of that, that battle, his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy that he flew back because he was a little bit premature. Everybody yes, right so now is saying, you're the one that left and came no, back. No, no, he left and was there. <laughs> you're the one. But, but for his newborn son. Yeah. And then he turned around and his son was doing all right. He had yeah. a couple of health issues, then he was doing all right. And then Wesley jumped on a plane and flew back. That's What's correct. his name? I got to ask him. I'm a dad of three. He is named after my father. It's Willie Parrish Hunt II. That's so that's cool. It, that's his name. How's he doing? He's doing fantastic. In fact, he's doing way better than me. There you go. At this point. But that kid was the most prayed over kid for 48 hours in the entire country. And I attribute the way he's doing right now to the level of. No, care it was a bit. It, it was, it was a story. It was, it was huge. Everybody's like, well, they got to get this guy back. He had a baby. And like, that one vote mattered. Yeah. And it that mattered. one vote mattered. Yeah. And, you know, the amazing thing is you can actually match diapers to a pocket square. Yes. Here we go. I cannot. Be, be honest. Based on the formula? Yeah. Be honest. Does he have baby Air Jordans yet? Of course he does. Uh, see, I knew it. There of, we go. Of course he has baby Air Jordans. Yeah, are you your kid has about? $100 shoes. He's, he's living a good life. He's living his a good life. life. His best life. So you All got right. So Wesley, just a few weeks into Congress, is already at hearings causing a bit of a stir. <laughs> You've got T.C. Still of approval. I know this because we talked about this. And, and so we've got a clip from yeah. one of the... He's been there two months. This is a clip from one of the hearings in the House that, that, that that's worth taking a look at. My colleague, Mr. Gooden, talked about race and using the word racism and racist. And, and I've been black for a long time, sir, so I, I get it. And, I, and I've been a minority in this country for a very long time. Um, but this is actually not about race. This is actually an issue of public safety. And if I call this, if I call this an invasion, sir, I'm not racist. I can assure you I'm not racist. What I can assure you is that I want to make sure that fentanyl doesn't indiscriminately kill any race, religion, color, or creed. Because fentanyl doesn't care where you're from. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. Fentanyl kills indiscriminately. This gentleman right here works his tail off every single day to stop that from happening. 
Now, there's been a break in the dam, and that's pretty obvious, because a couple of years ago, of course, we had some problems, but it wasn't amplified to the level that we are seeing every single day. And the reason why we have to be careful with what we call and what we deem racist moving forward in the future is because we stop, we stop losing, we start to lose focus on what the actual problem is. This administration, the Democrat Party, unfortunately, uses race as a scapegoat for everything. And as somebody that wants to make sure that we do attack racist issues when they do occur, we can't be the boy who cried wolf and blame racism all the time. So, look, that was very well said. Thank you, sir. But it's also really important to be said. And, 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 and Wesley, you're not supposed to exist. <laughs> according and, to the media. neither are you. Uh, it, according to the media, the only people who are allowed to be Republicans are old, fat, white guys. <laughs> and you certainly are not allowed to be a black man and be Republican. That, that you know... Actually, what was it? Joe Biden in the presidential campaign said, if you're not voting for him, you ain't ain't black. black. I mean, and they believe it. Yes. And and you're right. Look, I'm I'm an Hispanic man. I'm not supposed to be Republican. And even worse, I'm not supposed to be a conservative. Like, to be a conservative Republican, Uh, 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 like, to actually want to secure the border. Yes. Jorge Ramos on air called me a traitor to my race. Unbelievable. And I actually asked him, I said, Jorge, if I crossed illegally into Mexico, what would they do? And he said, oh, they'd deport you. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> why can they enforce their laws and we can't enforce ours? You're correct. But, look, I think it's important, and it's interesting, you are not the only black freshman Republican West Point graduate in this Congress. Yes, sir. That's so tell us be about a really that. cool moment. It, by it's the way, it's even you. better. It's two of us. It's, it, it's me and John James. And, and for the record, I will let you know that of all the academies in this country, and I consider them to be the leadership institutions of the entire world, and I'm sure. going to name them in order of merit, of course. <laughs> so, West Point. Of course. Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, Coast Guard Academy, Merchant Marine Academy. We've never seen a black congressman, senator, or president ever from any one of our academies. Eisenhower was a Republican. And yeah. Grant was a Republican. And, of course, Jimmy Carter, Naval Academy, Democrat. Democrat, yeah. I'll, I'll let you decide yeah. how that, how that yeah, worked how out that for worked everybody. Out for, yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you that we've never had a black person, a person of color, actually ascend to these ranks. And we've had two in the exact same class, the 118th Congress, and we're from the same class at West Point, and we're both black. That, and they were classmates at West Point. And, and there's, we, there's three of us. There's one Democrat. And he's white, Pat Ryan. Serious Same question. class. How many articles are written about the two of you? And this is certainly breaking history. And I know your I know your answer, but I'm asking this to show the bias of the media. This is a historic moment. Yes, it is. It's an incredible moment. The fact that there's not what but two of you and you were classmates. That's a Time magazine. That's a Newsweek type article. We'd be on The View. You'd There'd be, be on an the HBO view, right? special. Yeah, right. yeah, th- there this would be it, a standing ovation yes. everywhere you go. Yes. Rolling it out. It should be that story. So how many times have you guys been called for a human interest piece on that story alone? Forget politics. Us alone? It hasn't happened. There you go. 
and, and that's and, how you and there, know And there lies my point too. So I'm a big fan of talking about black excellence in terms of regardless of what party you're affiliated with. Black excellence is black excellence, sure. even if you are a Republican. Clarence Thomas, that is black excellence. And for whatever reason, it only matters when you're a Democrat. And this is the fight well, that we have our, that we have in our hands. Clarence yes. Thomas is not black. Yeah, he's not. He's not <laughs> and, and you're not either. <laughs> Which is the most ridiculous thing. It, 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 yeah. it is. They are vicious. Yes. If you dare disagree with, with their demanded orthodoxy. Look, this week, Don Lemon went on CNN <laughs> and explained that Nikki Haley <laughs> is Pastor is Prime, past her prime, yeah, past her prime. <laughs> because he says women are in their prime yeah. in their 20s or 30s. And if you disagree. Or maybe 40s. So, so he concedes. Unbelievable. And, well, hold on. But if you disagree, what was the response? This is the best part of the whole line. Just Google, just Google it. it. Just Google, just Google, it. Google it. It's it. out there. Yeah, it's Google and, it. And, and it was, look, it was blatantly misogynist. Yes. But it was leftist misogyny because, <laughs> because Nikki Haley is a Republican. She's not a woman. Can you imagine saying that about Hillary Clinton being past her prime? You, just you, plug you, you would lose your job. You would have lost your job. You'd be canceled. Right. You, you would have would lost be your job. immediately canceled. And, and as you know, there were two women sitting next to him on CNN who were just flabbergasted. Yeah, that he said it. And, and they're just, you know, Poppy comes and says, you mean prime for Childbirth? Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 like it, 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 it was, but it's the same contempt. Yes. She's not a woman. You're not black. You're only, they have, look, if you look at the Supreme Court, the left never liked Antonin Scalia. But they could live with him. He yeah. was allowed to be a conservative. Sure. You can respect it. They, they were respected. They respected that. They loathe Clarence Thomas. Yes. Um, and, you know, listen, Wesley and I have been friends a long time. He's run. When did y'all first meet? How did, t talk about that for a second. Well, we met when, uh, when he was running for Congress. That's correct. A couple years ago. A couple years ago. And I supported him in his first bid for Congress. He didn't win the first time. Yeah. And I actually was talking to you right after the election, walking, walking the neighborhood, That's walking right. my you dog. You said you saw my sign up and you, and you called me. And I, I called him. I'm walking the dog. And I said, I saw your sign. It was right after he hadn't won two years ago. Yep. And I said, Wesley, you did a hell of a job. You impressed a lot of people. And mark my words, you're going to win. Yes. You don't always win your first race, but you're going to win. Yes, Ronald yes. Reagan would attest to that. Yes. Um, but look, part of the reason the Democrats and the media try to erase you is because you're very inconvenient for their narrative. Yes. Um, they believe that any Republican position, any conservative position is racist. And, th and that is their go-to. It's what you just went in that clip. No matter what it is, it's racist. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart -heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. 
And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So, I mean, let me ask you, as, as, as a black man, why, why are you a Republican? And, and I imagine you get that question sometimes from people that are confused. I'm a Republican because I don't prescribe to the soft bigotry of low expectations. My parents were people that raised us in this country, and they said, uh, they said to us at a very early age, if you can't make it here, then you can't make it anywhere. End of discussion. Hence the reason why my sister went to West Point. I went to West Point and my brother went to West Point. Now, my brother went to Harvard Business School. And so I had to go to Cornell and get three master's degrees in four years to match his Harvard degree <laughs> because, we're, because we're competitive like that. Yeah. And my sister was a instructor at West Point where my brother and I were cadets. No and way. that's because my parents had, uh, had high expectations for us. And when I look at Democrats right now that tell us that people of color and black and brown people uh, can't ascertain an id to go vote i think to myself wow you think so little of a group of people that they can't do the menial task of attaining a government issued id just to go vote and i reject that holistically and that's what makes me a conservative i've said this for a long time and i never backed down when i was at cnn we were talking about voter ID, and it became such a big issue. And I kept saying it's incredibly racist. And I would always say this to whoever the minority was. It's horribly was. racist. Yeah, I said to Don Lemon. We were just talking about Don Lemon. I said it's incredibly racist to imply that that, that an African-American man or woman <laughs> cannot get an ID at the same levels of any other person. Like, Do you understand how condescending, how racist that statement is? That you're implying that they're so behind the times, solely based on the color of their skin, that they can't be expected to have an ID at the same level as anyone yeah, else. They, they tell me as a Latino, I'm too stupid to get a driver's license. Exactly. And, and, and by the way, if you actually talk to real people, there's a reason that roughly 70 percent of African Americans in this country support photo ID. Yeah. Of course. To vote. Yeah. 
it is. But the Democrat political model is based on stoking racial fear. And and part of it is they try to convince people that their party is historically the champion for civil rights (laughs) and the Republicans are historically the bad guys. And I got to say, as a matter of history, not true. That's exactly backwards. Look, the Democrat Party's record on race is disgraceful. People don't know the history of it, and that's part of where we've lost. Joe Biden's is disgraceful. Yes. So the Democrat Party founded the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan— Let's just be careful and say that's a fact, and if you don't believe us, take Don Lemon's advice, Google it. So Google it, and in fact, (laughs) here's someone you can Google. (laughs) That's right. Google an individual named Nathan Bedford Forrest. Mm Mm-hmm. Nathan Bedford Forrest, who's the founder of the KKK, he was a Confederate general. Buried in my, in my hometown of Memphis. He was a national delegate to the Democrat National Convention in 1860. That's correct. If you look at virtually every leader of the K- Klan, they were all Democrats. That's right. Now, Democrats may say, okay, fine, fine, so that's the 1860s. <laughs> But fast forward, the Democrats got enlightened later. Okay, let's get let, let's move to the 1940s and 50s and 60s. Civil rights here. Let's move to the Jim Crow laws. Yes. Jim Crow laws. Who wrote them? Democrats. Democrats, Democrats in the South. Jim Crow laws were written by white Democrats to stop black voters from voting white Democrats out of office. You are correct. And to stop them from electing Republicans. They were literally written for that sole purpose. to protect Democrats in office. That is correct. Now, you can Google it, by the way. If yeah, you yeah, Google, Google it. Actually, you probably can't Google it because big tech's so bad they might suppress all of it. That's true. It'll be on second or third page. Uh, you you'll have it. to yeah. search three or four. Yeah, there you go. You'll get there eventually. You'll get there. So, And by the way, the Republican Party was literally founded to abolish slavery. The party of Lincoln. The first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln. Yes, sir. The reason our party exists is because slavery was an evil abomination. You're thinking Google it if you don't believe it. Hey, if you don't believe it, right? I'll, 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 I'll get ready to say Google that too. Probably, we're good. Yeah, yeah Google that too. Hey, the, the history of it. And so, okay, here's how the leftist tries to get around all this. They say, well, okay, maybe all that's true, although they actually deny it. But then in the civil rights era, Democrats got enlightened. Really. Civil Rights Act of 1964. Mm -hmm. A much higher percentage of Republicans in Congress voted for it than did Democrats. why it passed, because Republicans. It passed because Republicans fought for it. That's correct. And not Democrats. Who was it it that were opposing it? It was Democrats who filibustered it. That's right. Fast forward even further. They say, well, that's ancient history. Okay. Let's go a year ago. A year ago, the governor of Virginia was a guy named Ralph Northam. That's correct. Ralph Northam, a Democrat. Now, you may recall <laughs> the scandal. There, there some photos. Some there's, some, there's some photos out there. You can there. also Google that. It's still out there. <laughs> but it's actually a very revealing incident. So in his medical school yearbook, he yep. selected a photograph of two people, one dressed as a Klansman, one dressed in blackface. 
And the media, of course, no one discovered this when he was running for office. A little bit only of, after of it course. was only after only after it happens that way. It, it wasn't news while he was yeah. the, while a Repu- Republican could win. Yeah, it was only news afterwards. And the media, oddly enough, called that the blackface scandal. Now I gotta say, I, I find it an odd. There's a little bit of an obsession with blackface that look. I, I get how it could be seen as offensive, although it is amazing. It seems apparently every Democrat politician in the state of Virginia has dressed in blackface. They all, one after the (laughs) other, Justin Trudeau or or Jimmy Kimmel, every late night comic. Or Joy Behar. Yeah. So, but what I found bizarre is why they focused on the blackface when, here's what Ralph Northam said when the day the story broke. He said, yeah, I could have been one of those two people in the picture. I don't know. And I don't know which one. Which means... How convenient. Could have been. He's <laughs> saying he could have been the guy dressed as a Klansman. Now, pause and think for a second. I'm, wow. I'm going to postulate a really crazy standard. If you cannot say categorically, with no wiggle words, I have never in my life dressed as a Klansman... <laughs> Or in yeah. blackface. Or so in blackface. A, either one. So it's the lesser of two evils yeah. right now, right? No, I'm just going to take Klansman. Just, 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 just we'll give me a categorical. Okay. If you cannot say, I have okay. never dressed as a Klansman, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be in public office. Yeah. There you go. Like a governor. Like a governor pontificating sanctimoniously on race. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, okay, you say, all right, a year ago, that's ancient history. Okay, so let's go today. You talked about Joe Biden's record on race. 94 crime bill. Well, there is that. There is also Robert Byrd. I would say yes. there's, there's a, there's a more, very there's famous more. funeral. So Robert Byrd. Eulogized him. Yeah. Was an exalted cyclops of the KKK. What is it with these bigoted idiots coming up with ridiculous titles, but they like things like yes. exalted cyclops. Yeah. And he was his a Democrat. official title, by the way. His, that was his official title. Yeah. Because he recruited people to the Klan. So he wasn't just in the Klan. The exalted Cyclops, Cyclops brings in members. other racists to join the Klan. That's what Robert Byrd did. And he was a Democrat senator from West Virginia. Now, he wasn't just a Democrat senator from West Virginia. He was the Democrat Senate majority leader. Unbelievable. An exalted Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, he, he died, I think his funeral was in 2011, I believe. Do you know who spoke at Robert Byrd's funeral? The president of the United States of America right now. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. gave a eulogy, exalted. And said if he would have become president, America would have been a better place, implied it. Disgusting. Said his good friend Robert Byrd. Now, I got another crazy proposition. If you can't say I have never eulogized... (laughs) And praised an exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. That's good. Maybe you ought to slow down a little bit when pontificating based on race. Yeah. Yes. But how many people know any of this history? Because the left and the media won't tell it. The schools not, don't teach not, it. I was just saying, no, not taught in the schools. They won't tell it. They, won't they talk don't go anywhere this. near any of this in the public schools today. And this is why I love the beauty of this conversation, and that is, sir, you are my senator, and I have the honor of being your congressman, and you are a Cuban-American, and I am a black man. 
And what's really funny about this is why the why the left would absolutely pontificate about how we cannot exist. Here we are sitting here in unison with same the same conservative values it's from so different cool. backgrounds, from different parts of the earth. My great great grandfather was a slave. Really? But my great great grandfather was Where? a slave. What part? Rosedown Plantation. And about 33 miles north of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Huh. No way. Wow. Yes. And Rosedown Plantation still, is still there today. Wow. And here we are having this conversation about conservative values. Isn't that cool? In I mean, Texas, the, the fact that your nobody cares about what we look like. Yeah. This is the argument that the left cannot deal with because it does not fit their narrative. Well, and, and let me make it – that's absolutely right. And let me make also a, a substantive point connected to that. You know, a minute ago we were talking about the history of the parties, and then the reason the history matters is because it's what the media and the Democrats use to scare minority voters. Exactly. But the substance matters too. The Democrat policy agenda is absolutely horrific. If you sat down and said, let's design a policy agenda mm -hmm. to devastate the African-American community and the Hispanic community, Mm -hmm. You could not come up with anything more effective mm -hmm. than the Democrat agenda. You are correct. You look at, number one, the war on police, abolish the police. You know, every time you see Democrats demonizing cops, what inevitably happens, the cops pull back, they stop enforcing the laws vigorously, and crime Who's rates and murder rates go up. And if you think Black Lives Matter, apparently... The lives that you don't think matter are the African-Americans who are murdered in much greater number when the police are not out locking up the murderers and the gangbangers. Bail reform, prison reform, all ads to drive the cops crazy. Oh, correct. They go and arrest people. They immediately let them out. We're now doing this bail reform based on what your means are so you can get no bail even if you commit heinous crimes based on your means because they say it's racist. That's right. To, to have a real tough bail on someone if they say they don't have the means to get out. And, and, and that's not, just, again, it's, it's costing people their lives, specifically in the African-American community. And, and it's, it's, it's not just crime. You look at the left-wing assault on the family. Oh. Go back to the black Welfare. family in the 1950s and the 1960s it. where you had it's the strong... Inverse. Two-parent well, households. You talked about your parents. You talked about your daughter. You talked about your, your upbringing here. Seventy. Th th yes, it was either last year or the year before. Seventy-four percent of all African American children in America were born in a single-parent household, and it was the and inverse that number's going to rise. Yes, you know, that's it was exactly, the inverse in the fifties. That's exactly right, and people correct. don't know it. Look, the Great Society, the left-wing policies that said we're going to give you welfare payments, we're going to disincentivize marriage. And divide the home. And divide the home. The government became the father. That's right. And there was no shame in a father leaving. There was no shame in a father abandoning their children. And, and, and they trapped generations of low-income Hispanics and African Americans in dependency. So, so I've said a thousand times, when, when my dad was washing dishes in Austin, Texas in 1957, he was making 50 cents an hour and he couldn't speak English. Wow. Thank God some well-meaning liberal didn't come put his arm around him and say, Raphael, let me take care of you. <laughs> yeah. let, let, me, let me give you a check. Let me make you dependent. Yes. You don't need to work. You don't need to work hard. That's hard work washing your dishes. Your hands are red and they hurt. Yeah. Just sit at home on your ass and I'll send you a check. It would have been, to be honest, it would have been less destructive if someone came by with a bat and beat him with it.
Yes. Because that you heal from. And the Democrat agenda has trapped generations in poverty and dependency, where you have one, two, three, four generations on welfare and unable to get off of it, unable to get the dignity Mm -hmm. of a job. And then throw on top of that failed schools. And no way to get out. And against you, you getting a voucher to get a kid out of a failing school. It's to create victims. So imagine if my parents raised me and they told me, you know what? This world is so much against you and America is so bad that you can't even get an ID. Rely on me and I will give you a check. Imagine if my parents told me that every single day. I certainly wouldn't be a United States congressman. And that's what I mean by the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yep, yep. And that's how they keep people voting for them by promising the very bare minimum. And as somebody that has spent a lot of time in the United States government wor- working in the army, I can tell you if the government is giving you something, I can assure you, you, you can do better on your own. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what my dad told me when I was a kid about racism. And he said, look, when, when I came out of school, he came out of University of Texas, class of 61. He said, when I was applying for a job, he said, I had a very heavy Spanish accent. I'm obviously a foreigner. Yeah. And he said, if I'm applying for a job and there's an American applying for the job and we're equally qualified, he said they'd hire the American. And he wasn't actually that upset about it. He said, you he know just what? Knew. He said, you know what? In Cuba, they'd hire me. He said, that makes, sense. that makes sense to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, look, in Cuba, they'd hire me here. He's if if I'm steps. the immigrant, they're going to hire the, 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 the American. And he said, his answer to that is he said, look, I just resolved. He said, I'm going to be three times as good as the other guy. He said, I'm going to make it so you had to be an idiot. Not to hire you. To hire the other guy. And, and that principle, it, it's part of what's so destructive about the Democrat message Preach. in minority communities is, is, is they, they teach children their victims. Yes. Which means they, they discourage them from doing the hard damn work to, as my dad said, be two or three times as good as the other guy yeah. and, and to climb that ladder. And then later on in life, he's better for it. Yes. So instead of sitting around, sitting back on your heels and saying that, well, somebody had it easier than me or they were given more, or they had more inheritance, you had to work in those formative years three, four, five times as hard as. And then 20 years later, then you become a better person. You work harder and you persevere. And that is called growth. And that is called the American dream. And so what the left tries to do is try to create equal outcomes. You cannot create equal outcomes. This country is a meritocracy. It's about effort. I get it. Some people have it easier or harder than others, but those that work hard can find and make a way. And you can outwork yourself out of somebody that's been given everything. And and I'll tell you something, Ben, that Wesley will get, but... If you're black or Hispanic, I guarantee you've had people say to you, and I've had people say to me, oh, you just got where you are in affirmative action. Oh. It's the only way you got into school is affirmative action, and it, and, and they just— Oh, that burns me up. <laughs> like, like, how many times have you heard that? Seriously. Multiple times. 
Multiple. You just go back with it's my flair. It's my it's my it's my it's my flair. It's my pocket square. Yeah, it's my pocket square. You just see the good one. It's one of the reasons. Actually, we were joking before about sports or debate. It's one of the reasons I like debate. Because you go into debate, two teams walk into a room. There's no affirmative action involved. And one wins and one no. loses. And, and, and it was, it, it, it's why I spent all four years of college almost every weekend on the debate circuit. Because you'd go in and there was a winner and loser and you won it based on your own skill and your own merit. That's and, right. and, and it was a way of responding. And it was inevitably supercilious liberals. All right, I'll tell you a story you'll like. I cannot wait. I love it. <laughs> so I'm in law school. And Harvard Law Review, uh, every year they select 40 editors, class of about 560 people, 40 editors. So there are a total of 80. There are, two, there are 40 second-year law students, 40 third-year law students that are on the Law Review. And the Law Review, it's kind of a weird thing, law schools. It's sort of it's a legal journal, but it's also this like super prestigious thing that opens up clerkships opens up jobs it's it's historically it's the best students at the law school so the law review is is treated as a big deal um when i was there the way they selected it is they had 32 of the slots half of them were based on a writing competition that was a week-long incredibly grueling writing competition the other half were based on grades and the writing competition so that's 32 of the 40 slots and then they had up to eight of the slots reserved for affirmative action. So that was a policy, wow. explicitly affirmative wow. action. So my second year on the law, or my first year on the law, law review, second year law school, there were several of us who were conservatives who were editors. And some of my buddies decided they wanted to force a vote to end affirmative action on the law review. Now, I have to admit, I, I thought affirmative action was wrong, but I also could count votes, and I said, we're not going to win. Right. Like, like, why are you wasting your time? It's math. I, it's math. Yeah. yeah. But they wanted to. I said, great. So we went, and we met in a classroom, and so there are all 80 of us in a classroom. We're debating whether or not to end uh, affirmative action. And I remember this one particularly arrogant liberal stood up and said, if we end affirmative action... The law review will be nothing but white men. And I was sitting in the back. I actually wasn't really engaged in the so argument. So that's racist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's Just for the record, you don't even have to Google it. So yeah. that's, that's racist. racist. Yes. <laughs> and it pissed me off. I can't imagine. I can't imagine you got that mad. And, 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 and I stood up in the back and I said, all right, you want to understand why affirmative action is evil? You just heard it. Because this sack of, yeah, just said that he believes on merit. If it's objective merit, the only people who will rise to the top are white men. Now, number one, I'm an Hispanic, and you want to throw your damn transcript on the table? I'll put mine next to it, and let's let's see who's performing yeah. better at law school. You miserable, arrogant little jerk. Yeah. But I said, number two, you want to understand just how invidious this is? At the time, I don't know about now, but at the time, there was only racial affirmative action. Right. There was not gender affirmative action. There was not affirmative action for women. I said to every woman here, what he just said is he thinks based on merit, no women could possibly get here. By the way, periodically, there would be a debate on adding women to affirmative action. It was all the women editors who voted against it. 
because they understood that doing so cheapened their credential. Right. Sure. But right. the assumptions, what utter crap. But the left embraces those views, and part of their views, it, it actually explains their arrogance, is so if you get anything, you ought to be damn grateful they gave this to you, and in response, you ought to shut up and obey them. That's the Democratic Party. That's, that's literally the Democratic Party. Now, I do want to tell you, I don't think you know this, but I, I, I do want to mention a bill that I introduced that we just got passed the month before you arrived in Congress okay. that actually you'll care about because it, it impacts West Point very directly. And it is so all of the service academies. And thank you for doing this, but go ahead. Yes. Have had in place mm -hmm. a rule. Yeah. And, and it's a horrific rule. It is a rule that says cadets cannot get pregnant. And if a cadet gets pregnant, yes. the cadet had three choices. Number one, you could have an abortion. Wow. Number two, you can voluntarily give your child up to adoption and surrender your parental rights, yep. permanently and legally surrender your parental rights. Or number three, you can withdraw from the service academy. Those were the choices they gave cadets. That's correct. Now, and I would assume that cadets sometimes got impregnated by people they actually worked with uh, who were also serving the military. Yes. So, and, and ostensibly the policy applied to women and men, but it was very differential in how it was applied because sure. men could, could get a woman pregnant and escape the consequences of the correct. policy, whereas if you're a woman and you're pregnant, there ain't no hiding it. You, you're facing it. So I looked at this and thought it was completely indefensible. It was. And so I ended up teaming up uh, with a Democrat, Kirsten Gillibrand, mm -hmm. Democrat from, from New York, who's, who's yeah. a good friend. And she and I have worked together quite a bit. But she and I introduced a bill that was called the Cadet Act. Yes. And it was Cruz Gillibrand. And it instructed the service academies to end these policies and, and to adopt policies that... If a cadet gets pregnant, that allows her to give birth to her child and continue to have parental rights. In December, the Cadet Act passed into law. Thank you. And just last week, DOD promulgated the rules to the service academies to implement it. You can see, uh, and so they no longer kick out... You can see there a picture of a U.S. Air Force Academy graduate in 2011. And by the way, and so uh, my team spoke to a number of cadets faced with this choice. Some were pressured into having an abortion and regretted it. Others terminated their parental rights, yes. graduated, and then would go back and adopt their own child. I had, it, a, I had a classmate that did that. So, 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 really? Yes, I had a classmate that did that exact thing. I've had I had, actually, I had another classmate that got pregnant and then took a leave of absence. So then she resigned from West Point and then had the baby and then had to turn over her parental rights to her mother. And then she re-enrolled and then West Point accepted her. And then she graduated the following year. And then after she graduated, then she then took on the parental rights right. for, away from her mother. That's Ludicrous. Yeah. So thank you, sir, for this. Well, and it, was, it takes us long to get it done.
And this was there for so long. And by the way, I graduated in 2004. So, th- I mean, this, this is now been 20 years in the making. Who knows who has suffered under those draconian rules before? So this is – I'm very grateful for this. And it was an interesting example also. So I was talking with a reporter this past week who was asking, said, well, look, Gillibrand is a liberal Democrat. How did no. you two work on this? And, and, you know, this obviously concerns abortion front and center. And listen, I am strongly pro-life. She is very much pro-choice. We disagree on the question of abortion. But you know what we both agree on? That forced abortion is terrible. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that yes. forcing, forcing a woman you to do that to keep to your do it if, your she, if, if a mother wants to keep her child. You should not be kicked out of West Point for that, for those purposes. You shouldn't be kicked out of West Point for it. It made Excellent, no sense. Sir. It was Excellent. an idiotic policy. But I was really glad to see that we could get Democrats and Republicans to come together, and that changed just this week. Thank That's you for awesome. that. That's awesome. Well done. What a great thing to end on. That's a big victory. Great to have you with us. Sir, this thank, is fun. I'm thank glad you for having me. Hey, Thoroughly enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it, and uh, I have a feeling we'll probably end up doing this again sometime down the road. I'll be here. For everybody watching, don't forget, we do two other uh, audio-only versions of this podcast each week, so make sure you subscribe and hit that download or auto-download button wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you share this with your family and friends. Tell them about Verdict. Write us a five-star review. It actually helps us reach a lot more people on the charts, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.